It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Consequence Podcast Network. I've never been this nervous in my life. Greetings from Longtime No See, the podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! <laughs> what would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on? A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my God, Jack almost fell off his chair. <laughs> be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with It's the Interview Series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks as always for making your way here, checking out the series. Of course, you know what to do. If you like what you see, what you hear, hit that subscribe button. Uh, but I have three new interviews every single week. New ones every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones at all the usual podcast spots, including Spotify and Apple Podcast, NPR, WFPK.org, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from. You can subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. Uh, recent episodes have had me talking with uh, actress Elizabeth Perkins, musician Bruno Major, talked to a Janelle Monet. Greta Van Fleet, Ian Hunter, Lucinda Williams, uh, Nick Hexum of 311. We had uh, two members of Pearl Jam on, Jeff Ament and Stone Gossard. The cast of Outlander dropped by, as did actor Jason Scott Lee, to talk about the 30th anniversary of uh, Dragon, the Bruce Lee story. We have Esty Hyam from Hyam, uh, Josh Hami from Queens of the Stone Age, Ghost Shifte Farahani and Sam Hargrave, as we talked about Extraction 2. Those are just a few examples of recent guests heard here on Kyle Meredith with. That's me, Kyle Meredith. Uh, today, I'm going to be talking with some of the cast of the show Minx. Jessica Lowe, Oscar Montoya, Lennon Parham, and Adara Victor. Uh, Minx, of course, now they're in their second season. And as the story has been told, uh, the first season was on HBO Max. And they were just about to finish filming the second season when everything happened over there and they canceled a bunch of shows. But stars came to the rescue and said, we love the show. We're picking it up. So not only did they absorb season one, but now season two is uh, playing on stars. And uh, if, if you've not watched uh, Minx, it's such a fun show. Uh, it's set in the 1970s. A uh, young feminist from Los Angeles joins forces with a low-rent publisher to create the first women's erotic magazine. Through this unlikely alliance, the characters discover meaningful relationships in the most odd places. There's the logline right there. Uh, also stars Jake Johnson and Ophelia Lovabond 
And as we get into this conversation about the second season, we're going to be covering just a whole lot of ground. Uh, you know, first off, I, there, there's so much character development. So we're going to be talking about, for, you know, of course, where all of our characters uh, are going to. But really, we're going to get into telling the story of the 70s, not just the romanticized you know, version that we sort of have in our, he- our, our, our minds, but the authentic story of the 70s. And maybe even more specifically, the stories of equality in the 70s. And then beyond that, there's the music of the 70s, and we're definitely going to get into that as well. I want to ask, you know, because there's a lot of music, a lot of musicians, rather, in the, uh, in the second season of Ming. So uh, I want to hear who they'd want to hang out with if they could take the whole time machine back. Uh, so we'll talk about the music, we're going to talk about the art and photography scene, we're going to talk about staff karaoke parties, and a whole lot more. So let's jump into it. I'll be talking with Jessica and uh, Lennon here in just a few moments, but let's start out. It's Kyle Meredith with Adara Victor and Oscar Montoya. I don't Gosh, even think I've Prince. ever seen that photo of Prince. Oh, yeah. I've never seen that picture of Prince. Yeah, that's a good. That, that's calendar. That's a, well, it's a calendar, and I've just left it on the Prince page. But it happens to be June. Why? Which is not for the right year. Why? Yes. Yeah, you would don't change it. <laughs> yes. I want to. So, Look at this office. I want to see everything <laughs> you got. It's way better than looking at me. That's why I have it there. <laughs> oh this my God! <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I want to tell you, it's such a joy to watch you all do what you do in Thank Minx you. on Thank in the show. It's such a fun show, and and the story arc that's happening in this new season. Uh, in fact, Adara, I'll, I'll start with you because because Tina, it's always she's always looked like she's been ascending even in mm-hmm. the shadows. Mm-hmm. But there's mm-hmm. this line that I kept getting stuck on this this season. And she says, I don't want to be your role model. I just want to have fun. Yes. Yeah. So so what does it play with her? I mean, because she obviously wants the success, but what is there, like, is it mean to a point? Is there a, a drawing line there? I think she just makes the distinction between personal accomplishment and becoming everything that she could become and becoming an example for someone else that then they would be able to dictate her moves. Um, She wants to have a good time. She does still call herself good time Tina, Mm -hmm. but at the, so she doesn't want to have, she doesn't want to be relegated to the role of responsibility that she oftentimes is. She wants to have the freedom to be whatever she is. And she doesn't want to have to be a representative for her entire community. She doesn't want to have to be, uh, you know, the person that the go-to person for everything. She wants to be able to become everything that she could possibly be, but she doesn't want to have to become the archetype for everyone else mm-hmm. to sort of look to or the example in that way yeah. and the example exactly yeah i think yeah. in like especially like in the workforce when you are the only one if you're like a minority of some yes you suddenly become like the spokesperson, the spokesperson for that for the group whole race. Yeah, yeah, exactly exactly and it's like with with that line in particular tina saying like i am not i don't that's exhausting yeah i don't want to do that work because yes. you know that is work that's it's labor work. on so us much too, labor. Yeah. to be like you know a well-meaning person being like, teach me. It's like, that's work. That's still work, you know? And we, mm-hmm. we that's not our responsibility mm-hmm. to be the figurehead, to be the spokesperson, to be the example. Sometimes just you existing, that's enough. That should be enough. And I love that the show actually tackled that this season. Mm-hmm. I thought it was amazing mm-hmm. that they allowed for that line and for that moment to happen and for, you know, for Bambi to be able to accept that and go, okay, she is saying like, she does not want to have to teach me. She does not yeah. want to have to, she doesn't want me shadowing her, you know? Um, she just wants to exist, you know? Right. I love that the show did that. Let's. Well, it's interesting that what you're talking, and, and Oscar, you were kind of getting on about that too, is, is you know, a lot of the topics that you're hitting on are, are obviously big topics now. 
Like mm-hmm. so much haven't changed. Mm-hmm. So this show gets to speak for that. And, yeah. and maybe this has been covered. I mean, I, I know this has been covered some with the first season too, but, but Oscar, if you want to start with this one, like what is the, what is the story of the, which seventies are you trying to tell here? If that makes sense. Mm, that's, a great question. that's a fantastic question. I love that question. You know, we're trying to tell an authentic seventies. Yes. Give yourself a round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're trying to tell an, an authentic story of, of the seventies of the LA seventies mm-hmm. experience. There is, I think we like, I think we got it in season one and season two, we're trying to really hone it in, right? Mm -hmm. And I think we're trying to tell a bunch of different stories, Mm -hmm. authentic stories of all kinds of people. You know, the 70s experience isn't a monolith, you know? Not everyone lived exactly the same way. The way that Joyce lived her life in the 70s isn't the way that Tina lived her life in the 70s. Isn't the same way I, uh, Richie, Richie lived his life in the 70s, you know? So, and what I love about season two is that it's taking the time to develop all of our stories. Mm -hmm. We're able to see all of us really live our lives and have our distinct point of view, mm-hmm. which is incredible and not an opportunity that like if it was any other show, I don't think we would get that opportunity. But the magic of Ellen Rappaport, the creator, like she recognizes the strength in the ensemble, yes. right? And it is about the group of us coming together and being apart and then coming back together again, you know? So it is that story. It is that narrative. Yeah. yeah. And I think they do a great job in 2023 of taking what's relevant to you know the events of today and Mm -hmm. being able to pull that tease that out with us being having the hindsight that we do of what they were you know dealing with in the 70s they are they're able to tease those subjects out in a really clever way yeah because sometimes the the greatest um feedback that i got from the show was somebody was watching it and, and they were like I was watching the show and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe that people were like that in the 70s. And right. then they looked at the newspaper and were like, oh, oh, <laughs> oh that's today. That's too. still happening. <laughs> right. So it's it's very interesting. And everybody gets to become, I mean, whoever's on the screen becomes the main character to me. Exactly. And that's, that's what I love about exactly. the show uh, as well. Absolutely. And we'll be right back right after this. Shout out to uh, Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Uh, I, I live in Kentucky, in the Midwest, and allergies, yeah, I suffer. When I say I suffer from allergies, I suffer from allergies. And around here, everyone I know deals with allergies to some degree. And for a long time, I thought it was just something that I would have to live with, which is a real problem um, for anything, but especially when you're a radio host. It affects my voice, it affects my mood, it affects everything. And I feel like I've tried every, I've tried all the medicines. Some of them work better than others, but there's, there's never a perfect one out there, especially because some of them take forever to actually work and some of them don't work at all. And then there's Astapro, the fastest solution to nasal allergy symptoms. It's what I use now, and it's definitely changed my life. Astapro is the first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Uh, Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription-strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. With all the pollen in the air, with all the dust around the the corners of the house, uh, even with uh, the allergies I have from my dog, Astapro has been the nasal spray 
that has helped me with all of my allergies. And it can help you too. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Idara Victor and Oscar Montoya of Minx. On the flip side, and, and you know, since you all brought up some of this stuff behind me, I, I have to go for this question because we also get to see some of the music scene uh, yes. that, that's happening around the area. You know, let's look at some of the names, Linda Ronstadt and Glenn mm-hmm. Fry and Crosby, Sills, Nash and Young. You've got the Rolling Stone people here. I wanted to throw that at you all. Who would it be that you all wanted to hang with in that scene in the 70s? Oh, my God. I love this question. Honestly, it might have been a little early for her, but Donna Summer for me. Mm. I would be most curious about hanging with Donna Summer because Mm -hmm. she seemed like she was living a wild life. And it was in stark contrast to the life she grew up with. And I would just be really curious about her perspective. Yes. You know, I like... um, there is a group called the Sexolettes in the 70s. Um, yes. And they're like they're like New York underground disco music. Very cool, very, it's got, the, it feels just very alive. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would love to hang out with them because they know how to have a good time. <laughs> but we were only, I mean, I think we're only what, a little bit away from really the disco moments. I mean, Giorgio hey, Moroder. Just, yeah, you know, we're not too just, right? yeah, yeah, we're just about to enter. Knocking on that door. Well, three and four, exactly. Right there, there it is. <laughs> Seasons three and four. <laughs> I, I, I do want to see that stuff. And, uh, yeah. and, and, and just, you know, even kind of watching like Adara, you know, looking at uh, some of your socials and everything, I, I thought, I wonder how much Broadway and musicals really flavor like, the music that you'd want to hear at that time. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny you say that because um, obviously like the big one from the 70s is Hair, you know, the music in terms of a musical that really was like transformative. Um, And I I do feel like um, we've thought about the ways in which we can incorporate the talents of the cast into the show because he's, uh, Oscar's an amazing dancer. And so it was like, well, how can we bring like dancing into this Mm -hmm. for Richie? Or like, how can we have like musical numbers? And so I like that this season we actually have like a kind of musical number that have a musical review uh, that happens. But um, yeah, I think it would be really a fun thing for us to just continue to include more music into the show and um, especially when it comes to musicals, there's Absolutely. so much fun you can have with that. Yeah, because right. the music, you know, the seven. it's interesting because we're coming out of the 60s sort mm-hmm. of like uh, political civil rights movement, mm-hmm. you know, and then we're leaning into that excessive like, okay, the release of all of that strife and struggle yes. and into like the party of yes. it all, right? Yes. So the 70s is just like a, a sort of celebration of self. Yeah? Yes. Um, and there's something really liberating about reflecting that in the music scene mm-hmm. too. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and to, you know, further on in your character, Oscar, with with Richie I feel like you know the music scene being one thing but the photography the art scene might have been the most eccentric and weird thing that was going on in all of America at that point yeah absolutely what's it been like to play around with that side of things and uh, and do you think we're gonna get a little bit even weirder (laughs) <laughs> of course we are. If the choice is to go weirder, the answer is yes. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. No, I think like photography during that time was seen as something quite revolutionary and especially 
like who is behind the lens, right? Like we're starting to see like the celebrity culture of photographers during the 70s, the Robble Maplethorpes. Um, and like, I think it is like, what is the subject? What, what are, who are we seeing? What, you could take a picture of something, but most importantly, who is the person taking that picture? Right. And how does that translate? And, I, and that's why I love photography. That's why it's so cool and important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a pleasure talking to you both. Congrats on season two. I can't wait for three, four, six, seven, and all the rest. So, yes, yes. absolutely. Right. Thank, Thank you, you so, much. so much. And we'll be right back right after this. Welcome back. Talking with the cast of Minx, and thanks to uh, to Oscar and Adara. Now let's do part two. Kyle Meredith with Lynn and Parham and Jessica Liu. How are pl- you? I'm doing great, and it's a pleasure to to see you both on here. Uh, to tell you at least how great both of you are in this new season of, of Minx once again. Thank, Thank you so much. much. We yeah. had a blast. Yes, filming <laughs> it. It looks like it. You, you know, Lynn and I'll, I'll start with you because I mean, both of you all seem to be going through this trying to figure out who you are. Your characters are trying to figure out who they are in this exactly. is real-time moment. Um, but I do love the discoveries that especially your character gets to make in this. How much of this did you know going in, and 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 what was the story you wanted to tell? Yeah, I mean, when I signed up for the pilot, I didn't know any of it. <laughs> I was She was sort of a suburban housewife that maybe subverted some expectations. But then when I found out she was going to get involved with the magazine, I was like, oh, even better, you know? Um, and Ellen took me through what was going to happen in season one, which was so exciting. And also, I love working with Jess, so that's like a bonus. Um, but then when she she did pitch me through or take me through season two and the journey that Shelly goes on, um, and I was really excited. I mean, it seemed like a daunting task. It is quite a journey from start to finish, um, but also one that I feel like really honored to tell and like the truth of this uh, human, you know? And, and and Jessica with, with Bambi, I mean, again, you have your own goals that you're kind of figuring out as you're going along. But I want to say, like, in all of this, she comes across as one of the kindest, you know, people in the world. Do, do you consider where that comes from uh, in a character like this? Like mm-hmm. the backstory moments? I know, because I think she is, uh, she's lived a tough life. She's lived hard. Um she, I think, has so much empathy because she's seen so much and she just feels with her whole self and she just loves everyone genuinely. Yeah, she's super um, empathetic, but yeah. also no judgments ever. No judgments. So it's like a really safe place. And you said earlier, I thought that your character is a survivor, which I really love totally. as well. At yeah. least one cult, possibly two. <laughs> <laughs> See, in those moments, by the way, we get these little hints yeah. of her past. Yes. And I think I want those stories. I, I want those off. cutaway episodes. Yeah, we had a flashback of Joyce undercover at a commune. Why not? I know. When you were in the cult. Please. <laughs> Maybe a cult's a coming. Maybe a cult's a coming. <laughs> but you all do get to t- tell this this bigger story. And, you know, I was talking with some of the other cast members about this, too. And it's like... It's like, obviously, all these things were happening in the 70s, but a lot of these stories are happening now, mm-hmm, you know, yeah. and, and and the moments where you get to talk to those moments of now through this lens. And, and, and I'll throw this to both of you, too, because I would love to know through your eyes, like, what what is the version of the 70s that you do want to tell? I 
I think something interesting that we hit on is just the idea of standing up for what's right. And as far as, you know, second or third wave feminism goes, um, it felt like uh, as a group, women had been pushed down for so long. They needed to get, you know, rights um, like Elizabeth Cady Stanton. And I, it's been a million years since I took my <laughs> women's, women's studies. studies but it's interesting that we sort of hit on the fact that this was sort of a straight white women cause. Mm-hmm. And there are many aspects that we are ignoring when we just look at the straight white women's cause of equality. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I'm really glad that we touched on that this season. Yeah. yeah, it does. I felt that same way when I read the pilot and and then throughout the season one, and we do it obviously season two as well, but like how current it feels. Yes. like honestly, just the reflection that, oh my God, we're still having this conversation. We have not come far at all or the acknowledgement that we have made progress, but, but there's still such a long way to go. It just, it, you know, I, I, I love that, that this show in all of its glitz and glamour kind of, and penises and, and all that stuff, throws, <laughs> throws it, throws it back in your face a little bit, like a, a little bit of a, of a mirror, you know? Yeah. Hearing the words penis and throwing it back in your face. I'm glad there was words yeah. in between those two need, sentences. We need to be throwing penises back in the face. Schwanz in your face. Schwanz in the face. Yeah. The other side of it, and and I'm glad that we're using I'm us- using this as a seg, is the the, <laughs> the fun side. Um, you know, because I was so happy to see that the butt. music, yeah, the music scene was being you know shown oh, around. Yeah. You know, and we've got these great rock stars walking yes. around and sometimes yes. uh you know mingling and, and sleeping with everybody, and and so. Throwing that on you all, you know, what if you're in the 70s and you're in the scene, who are oh. the musicians that you'd want to hang out with? Oh, this is a good question. Uh, uh, early. Um, I mean, yeah, Linda Ronstadt for sure. Although I didn't learn about her. I learned about her like covering classics on Lush Life with my mom and her cassette tape. But like, um, yeah, I, there's the whole like the whole free love movement, like all the <laughs> musicians that were like, Riding around in vans like bread. <laughs> I don't know. Doesn't that sound fun? I mean, just like getting so high and just like jamming on a tambourine. That sounds like such a nice break. <laughs> I was listening to the Billboard Top 100 of 1973. And yeah. there are a couple Barry White songs oh, that I just really get is you. a vibe. Get you. Just, yeah. He just wants to take his time and get really? to know you, get to know you inside and out. And I really appreciate that about Barry. Yeah. <laughs> and and Jessica, seeing that you know you're into the karaoke as well, I figure that's got to play into this at some points. <laughs> I'm into karaoke. I saw a picture. It's like one of your socials and everything. You're doing the oh, karaoke. Oh, that is correct. That is correct. Yeah. I'm facing a wall. No, I we do went love to karaoke. A, we went to an epic karaoke. Like it was at the end of season one. Me, you, Ophelia, Oscar. Oh, yeah. Remember, that was such a fun night. We went to the diviest dive um, in and North just, Hollywood. Yeah, it was and just it was one bar where people were performing. Fantastic. Remember that guy? This really unassuming guy that looked like he might have walked off the Shire. Yeah. And he sang at last yeah yeah and it was <laughs> the most crazy i was like etta is that true? is that you um and we're talking about doing a karaoke night tonight actually we are ophelia Nobody is begging me. for Surprise. it i yeah. need to get a sitter <laughs> <laughs> what's your karaoke song uh prince p control wow p that's control? it 
It's pussy control, but the on the on it's listed as pee control. That's what it's called. Okay. In all of the books. Got it. Copy <laughs> you. I wanna, I wanna hear you sing Raspberry Beret. <laughs> On it. Right. Uh, I love both what you both do, especially in, in Minx in the second season. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk about it. I cannot wait to see where these stories go. Thank you. Thank you. Right. And my thanks to Lynn and Parham and Jessica Lowe, as well as Oscar Montoya and Adara Victor. Uh, the cast of Minx season two on Stars Now. Thanks to you, of course. For checking out this episode and the series, please do hit that subscribe button while you're hanging around. Uh, that way you can hear every episode that we put out every single week, new and every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to keep you up to date on your favorite artists and discover the new ones at, at all the usual spots, including uh, Spotify and Apple Podcast at uh, nprwfpk.org, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from, you can subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. And then after that, head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday, starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you get song premieres and music news. We play lots of old favorites. We play the best of the new music. Uh, there's uh, there's anniversary spins and bonus interviews. Uh, a recent show of mine had some favorite tracks from Bjork and Veruca Salt and The Clash, U2, Vampire Weekend, Minnie Ripperton, The Beatles, NRBQ, Elliot Smith, Madonna, Blur, Murder by Death, Fiona Apple, Television, Slow Dive, and my interview with Pearl Jam's Stone Gossard. That's just uh, one example that you can hear every weekday at 6 p.m. at wfpk.org. Consequence has your music and film news. Of course, you can catch me on the social media spots as well. That's uh, Threads, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all four of them. The address is at Kyle Meredith. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media.